0: We're talking uh, today, perfect day to talk about yes. love and relationships, because it's Valentine's Day, right? Come right. On. I mean, God did design us to be in relationship together. Right from the beginning, he said, it's not good for man to be alone, and God wanted a family right. uh, to populate the earth. Uh, but let's face it, relationships are hard, <laughs> are they not? <laughs> I mean, they could really make life wonderful, but they could really make life miserable, yeah, (laughs) at times. And especially, you know, if you want to have a healthy, a spiritually and emotionally healthy relationship. And I just look out at the world and I just think, we are really like off course on understanding what is a healthy relationship. What is emotional health anymore? Um, and, but we want to find enjoyment in our relationships, amen? And we should. Yes. As followers of Christ, we should find life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And that's one of the blessings in the heritage of a Christian. Come on. We should have good, a good family life. We should have good marriages. Not to say that they're going to be easy, but they can be healthy and they can be fulfilling. Um, and not just tolerate a relationship. Come on. Which is what can sometimes happen over a period of time. Because marriages, and this is not just about marriage, this, this message today, but marriages go through seasons. We've been married, we're going on what? 40? 44
1: years in September.
0: Yeah, and you know, you go through some seasons, some highs and some lows.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear those chuckles.
0: <laughs> and we've over the years in ministry, we've talked about A lot of things we've gone through some difficult things yes and even though at a marriage ceremony you know they talk about leaving and cleaving um, but I think to myself we also you know we leave and we cleaved we're supposed to cleave to our spouse but we also carry with us this like suitcase of baggage that we brought with us from our family of origin how we grew up what we saw at home I mean, depending on what you saw, what you heard, what was valued in your personal home life Mm -hmm. as a child, you bring a lot of that stuff into your relationships in the future. And that could be good. Yes, it can. And it could be bad. And yes, it can. (laughs) Because (laughs) most families are pretty dysfunctional. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Or maybe yours was... You know, an ideal family. I don't know of too many ideal families. I think every family can look pretty good on the surface. We can all have a a look that's normal on the surface, but it's just behind closed doors is where we see struggle and turmoil. And how do we get along? And uh, then we become, even if we become a Christian— and we could say a prayer, and we could surrender our life to Christ. We could get come water on. baptized. We come to church. We could serve and do all those things that are right and good to do, uh, and yet never really still deal with the parts of our character that make for either a good relationship or a difficult and a struggling relationship, especially with the people closest to us. Because it's the people closest to us that obviously can get on our nerves sometimes the most. Can I get an Amen. Yeah.
1: (laughs) She wasn't looking at me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well we're empty nesters, so we we are together a lot. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Plus we do ministry together. Yes,
1: which is great. It's a blessing for sure.
0: But we need to learn if we want to have and we should want to have a spiritually and emotionally healthy relationship according to what the Bible calls a, a healthy relationship. And so if we didn't learn it at home, and that's okay. This is not about bashing our parents and just looking at all the negatives. But often at home, we didn't learn how to love the way God talks about loving. You know, most of the time, we're looking to have someone love us to meet our needs, to make us happy. And when we come to Christ, we realize, oh, wait, this is a whole different kind of love. (laughs) It's a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that denies itself for the sake of bettering the other person. And so we have to learn some of these things, right? We have to learn how to forgive. Oftentimes in our home life, we didn't really learn how to forgive. We just walked out of the room. It got silent. We came back together. Nobody said anything. We thought, well, I guess we forgave. But did you really forgive? And it takes some humility to learn these things, doesn't it? I mean, vulnerability to share this is what we learned over time, too. Because I didn't see... I grew up in a home where there was alcoholism. And there was just a lot of shouting and fear and, and closing off. And let's just hope that never happens again and don't talk about it. And so, if you get into a marriage relationship, it's like, how do I talk about this stuff? How do I bring this up? And, you know, you not think I'm crazy and, and expose my heart and, and share vulnerably. And yet, And stay committed. Right. Because commitment you know, it's hard to find commitment in the world today. People just, people quit so easily, don't they? When things get tough, you just walk away. I'm done, I'm done here. I mean, it's the whole cancel culture, Mm. and just walk away. And some of you, you know, the thought of marriage, mentioning marriage strikes fear in your heart, simply because your family of origin was just strewn with divorce divorce after divorce after divorce after divorce. And you think, if I get married, there's going to be a, a, a curse on my, my relationship. And if you think that way, you're buying into a lie. Yes, amen. A lie of Satan. Because I can guarantee you probably if you look through your family line and you're honest, the, the people that ended up splitting up in divorce over and over again throughout were operating in the wisdom of the world and not the wisdom Come on. that comes from this book. And most marriages are built on the wisdom of the world. Amen? I mean, we came into our marriage. That's all we had with us. I mean, we had a little bit of Bible knowledge, but we had a whole lot to learn about what it meant. And so when people hit hard spots over and over again, because you know how this is, (laughs) you you know, there's certain things that just seems like, oh, here we are again in the (laughs) same
1: Around the mountain one more time.
0: (laughs) You know, it just gets easier to just go whatever and ignore it. Walk away from it. I don't want to go there. Or maybe you grew up in a home where there was, you know, verbal sparring. It was like, well, let's just get into this. Let's talk about it. Let's shout. Let's yell. Let's complain. Let's argue. You don't ever understand me. I can't believe you did this to me. And... If you would only do this, it would all be better. I mean, this is how we argue, right? This is what we:
1: <laughs> No, I've never heard that.
0: <laughs> so when a relationship becomes completely broken, when divorce is already mm. mentioned, mm-hmm. it didn't happen overnight, correct, to go, how did we get here? Well, if you pay attention, it happened because of just little things, little, little heart wounds that happen over. And over and over again that were never dealt with, never talked about, just ignored, pushed under the rug. Let's just pretend that didn't happen and go on. And then all of a sudden, one day, mm. some little thing just breaks the camel's back, as it says the straw, yeah. right? And it's the result of just little heart wounds that never got healed the way God intended our hearts to get healed. And then we have this, Proverbs 18, 19. This is up on our PowerPoint An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. And all I can see when I read that is like this. This is what happens, does not it? Why do we we end up like this? (laughs) Looking at each other, scowling, pouting. (laughs) I'm not going there, you know. I'm not talking about it. You do something about it. (laughs) Why do we do that? Because we want to be right. Come on. Right?
1: Oh, getting quiet in here.
0: (laughs) We just want to hold on to our fence because we feel like we are justified Mm -hmm. in whatever it is that we're arguing about. And we, we justify ourselves. We really, what happens is we just keep thinking more about our one viewpoint, ourselves. What I need, what I want. This is how I see it. You never see it my way. And we're like bars crossed. This gate is closed in our heart. And this is real. If we keep doing that, you're operating in the wisdom of the world, for one thing. It's not the wisdom of God. And it fragments our relationship. It just starts to slowly split our hearts apart. Instead of doing what God is saying we are supposed to do in relationships is actually knit fight. We, people yes. can fight good, but we're supposed to fight to knit our hearts together to find the unity mm-hmm. that God has ordained Correct. You know, in the marriage. And that, there's power in that unity. There's strength in that unity. Your kids feel it. If you have children, they feel it. Yes. They know it. Yep. And God calls us to that. He gives us grace to walk that out. And the devil knows that there's Power in it. He knows that there's strength that comes from when our hearts are committed and say, you know what? No matter what, God is going to help us with this. We will work this out. I am committed to you. Yes. So He does whatever He can to keep us ignorant of it and just keep going around with the same responses, the same reactions, the same wisdom of the world. And so, what we want to talk about a little bit today is well, what is the wisdom of God regarding relationships, so that we have a good and healthy. Relationship and we enjoy one another. Yep. We have fulfillment.
1: Then that doesn't mean we haven't had rough times. We have. That's for sure. But God calls His people to a higher walk. We're not just going to settle for the world's wisdom, Amen. and we should never do that. It's it's a it's a higher walk, and it means commitment. It means commitment to unity and love. And that everybody say. Unity,
0: unity and love. And,
1: love. And, and Jesus said this in John 17. He says this. This is Jesus praying right before he goes to the cross. John 17, you should read it. He's talking about you and him and the unity that he wants to have with you. He's talking to the Father. He says, I and them, you and me, that they may be perfected in unity why so that the world may know that you sent me and love them just as you have loved me this unity that we're supposed to fight for will tell the world that god sent jesus yeah so this isn't just unity kumbaya stuff that okay we you know we're okay for now like Pastor Mamie indicated earlier, this is how my family had conflicts. We would raise our voices. We were never yell. We never threw anything around, nothing like that. Very civil. But we would walk out of the room. Half hour later, come back, nothing happened. Unresolved issues that Pastor Mamie was talking about. We have a higher calling. You and I, as believers, as followers of Jesus, we're to crucify our flesh. The Bible has a lot to say about that. And if we are ignorant of it, it's not because God didn't write it down for us. It's supposed, we're supposed to address this with each other, but you're supposed to take ownership of your part. Amen? We, we need to have, Pastor Mamie touched on humility of heart. You know we all have blind spots, and I don't see them all the time. And praise God that maybe, in a great way, helps me see them. Do I like it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I've said this before to God: Why don't you show me?
0: I don't. I don't want to hear using the body.
1: <laughs> Why does He always pick her to show me? <laughs> but you know what He said to me. I did show you through her. (laughs) So he didn't leave me ignorant. We have to have the courage to speak up to one another, to help each other. If you love me, you're going to help me. If you're going to love me, you're going to help me. That means whoever's bringing the issue has to be vulnerable and trust, trust. What is that person fighting for? Unity. Yeah. And then what we have to do is have repentance. We need to hear what is being said. And you have to judge yourself. The best thing when you get criticized, hopefully it's not just criticism, but it's constructive criticism. When you are hearing these things, you not, instead of what we normally want, the world wants to fight back right away. What we've got to do is say... Lord, is there a case here for me? Is there something here that I need to look at? Humility of heart, vulnerable. That's what we need to do. And then when we hear the other person, we have to work at reconciliation. How many know that that's not easy? It's not like, I forgive you and that's the end of it. It's like, we're going to talk the issue out and then you're going to try to find the trigger that causes you to act that way. This isn't the world's kind of love. Do you understand that? Because the world's kind of love is, if you, if you cross me, I'm done with you right now. If I don't get my way, I'm not in it with you. I love when you make me happy. I do. I love it when you agree with me. That's love. That's what the world thinks. They think, if you love me, you're going to agree with me no matter what I do or how I live. Yeah. That's not the love that God is talking about. All that is rooted in self-seeking. That's what we're not going to be able to do. Because what we're going to do is investigate. What does God say love is? I think this is the best thing. What does God say love is? And we know that we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So let's turn there. This is God's love. Is an agape kind of love. Thank you. That means it is looking out for the interest of the other person. When we, as you're born again, you're born of His Spirit. You've now got God living on inside of you. You're a new creation in Christ. You have newness of life in you. This is a gift that God has given to us and. When we start to agree with what he says, our life gets better. Maybe. You find real purpose. Now, when we say, no, God, find purpose and experience life, uh, I'm not, we're, we don't mean finding your purpose. <laughs> yeah. We mean finding God's purpose for your life. He created you. He knows what purpose he placed within you. Let's take a look at, and this is how we're going to learn about God's love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious or boils over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. Here we go. It is not touchy. It's not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes no account of an evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. This is God's love. This is the standard. This is not the world's type of love. This is why we have to renew our mind to walk in this love. You know there's a really great part because the Bible declares once we accepted Jesus Christ, the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. Mm -hmm. This love is in you right now. How does it grow? By exercising it.
0: And even reading Yes. Just reading these scriptures. This is why the word of God is the foundation for our life and our purpose. Yes. This is one of our purposes that God has us in the earth is to learn to be conformed to his image. Come on. And to be conformed to his image is to learn to love the way he loved us. He was long suffering with us.
1: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: He wasn't arrogant and said, "I'm God and you're not and I'm not going to save you because you're <laughs> such an unworthy sinner." No, he 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 had our best in mind. Yes. He was willing to sacrifice his life so that we could find life, and that's really what our love walk is meant to be about. This is why Jesus talked a lot about self-denial. Mm-hmm. You know, that to lose your life for the sake of finding life. And it's easy to skip over or not even know these scriptures exist and kind of make up our own definition of love, like you're saying. Come on, that's so true. But to get this imprinted in our heart, uh, we heard this a long time ago, and it just kind of stuck with me that, you know, for the sake of imprinting this in our heart and to wash your mind, wash your brain, renew our minds with who we really are in Christ your new identity. Put mm-hmm. your name in there. Like instead of where it says love endures long and is patient and kind, put your name there.
1: Ooh, so how like, would that work, Amy endures guys.
0: long and is patient and kind. <laughs> you might have to just sit there and meditate on that if you feel like I am the most impatient person ever.
1: You might get a real squeak in your heart as you read yeah. that.
0: <laughs> but it's like, no, no, no. You have to go deeper in your spirit, knowing yes. that in your spirit where the Holy Spirit dwells, This is who we really are. We have a new identity when we come to Christ. Come on. And so you could say, I, you know, put your name or say, I. I'm not conceited and arrogant and inflated with pride. I'm not rude to people. And then just let the Holy Spirit do his work. (laughs) Because he could certainly bring up things in your life and say, and you, you begin to see, oh, I do this a lot. I miss it here. I miss it there. That's okay. Because there's grace if we repent and we want to change and we really want to become like this. The God will give us the grace and the power to have our lives transformed. And I'm, you know, really when two people in a marriage want to live this way, you won't find yourself in divorce court. True. Two people really want to go God's way. It becomes like a little bit of heaven on earth, really.
1: That is for sure. And
0: it's amazing what can happen. You know, when, when we are willing to do it God's way, yet Christians are ignorant of the Bible. There are many people who go to church but never read the Word of God. But these are our instructions. We, we'll never understand who God is because Jesus is the Word of God. If we yes. want to have fellowship with the person of Christ, with Jesus, we must become familiar with His Word. And it's not even just familiar, then it's a matter of our own hearts wanting to surrender and say, I'm going to give up my way. I'm going to take off that old man, as Scripture says, and put on the new man in Christ. And so if we ignore these verses, we end up, just like the world, having just as many relationship problems as the world has. (laughs) And when people look at the church... And they understand this thing about, well, God is love. You say your God is love. They might assume, well, you all must have just the best relationships in the world. Come inside the church. <laughs> Come inside the church, and you won't necessarily find the best relationships in the world. Really. <clears throat> Anybody? Yeah.
1: <laughs> They're improving, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean,
0: if we walked in that kind of love, we would. Yes. We would. But people hold grudges in church just the way they hold grudges outside the church. They split and divide and betray trust and do all those kind of things and have, have relationships that are just as broken and fragmented. Church hop, I didn't like it here. You offended me. I'm going to go to another church. And we, we make the same mistakes we can. I mean, the divorce rate in the church is just as high as it is for people that say, I don't know Christ or I don't follow anybody. But I do believe that if a husband and wife would commit themselves to put Christ over their marriage and really believe that there's grace and there's blessing that God loves the covenant of marriage and do it sincerely and say, we're going to do our best to follow what you say to do, you're not going to find yourself in divorce court because God is going to find a way to help both of you walk in love, a self-sacrificial love. And it'll be beautiful. Yes. And, you know, so the the New Testament, I mean, the Bible is an ancient book. These words, yes, were written some thousands of years ago, yet it's filled with practical insight for today for our relationships. Mm -hmm. That's because the human condition hasn't really evolved. (laughs) (laughs) It still struggles with sin and wanting our own way, and selfishness. That's at the root of human condition. And James 3 talks about uh,
1: the problems
0: that we have in our relationships. He says, you know, if you have jealousy and you have envy and you have competitive mindsets, it's like, you know, it's my way or the highway kind of thing. Mm. You know, the truth is we think more about ourselves than we think about anybody else.
1: You better say that again. (laughs)
0: Come on now. This is the selfie generation, right? I mean,
1: all about just... Yeah. It's every man for himself. It really is.
0: I mean, we're self-conscious. We are. We want our opinions heard. We Mm -hmm. want to, you know, have our say.
1: We want to be right. You know, again, it goes back to every man for himself. And that started where? The fall in the garden. Yeah. And all of us, we've inherited a fleshly nature from Adam and Eve. And, but God tells us what to do with it. And praise God. That's why you read the Bible. He tells us what to do with it. He says, crucify it. Kill it. Die to yourself so you can really live. Our kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. That's why Jesus told Pilate, my kingdom's not of this world. And he's not kidding, huh? What we have to do is allow the love of God, the nature of Jesus Christ, to dominate our perspective. And like you said, put on the new man. That's what the Bible declares. Put on the new man. He says, take off the old man, put on the new man. It's easier said than done, isn't it? It's easy to read that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the walking in out. Oh my moment. gosh, but instead, what do we do? We hold on to our feelings. Your feelings could just, you know, you wake up in the morning, your feelings are going to make you mad. Something's going to make you mad. Unless we put on the new man and have the perspective of Jesus Christ, that love, we allow that to dominate us. But what do we do? We hold on to our hurts. We, we, I'm going to be right. They didn't understand me. You can't believe what they did to me. I want to tell you about my feelings. (laughs) Me, 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 me. There we go. The wisdom from above is not working this way. It's the world's wisdom. It's going to stir up emotional strife. It's going to stir up division. You know, and here's the question. Who's, who's the author of all that? Yeah. Same. I, I mean, it, it, it could scare you when you think about it. and You find yourself in strife, and you find yourself in division, and you, you, it, if you think about it, it's like, man, who am I acting like? Who am I acting like? That that would scare you. It should scare you. It all came from Satan. It all happened. When he wanted to be like God, his pride brought him up high, only to bring him down really low. And he took a third of the angels with him. They're trying to rebel against God. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air. And look at the world now. Adam gave him the authority over this world. The dominion over this world. And can you name one country that's doing it right? Can you name one group of people that's doing it right? Just like Pastor Mamie said, (laughs) even in the church. Church people aren't even doing it right. And that shouldn't be. We need to know what the word of God says and be doers of it. And the truth is... Greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. That way you can tap into that strength, ability, and understand the wisdom so that we can apply these things in our life. And you can have a taste of heaven on earth in your home. Everywhere. I mean, even sports talk shows, they're just blasting people, blasting people, blasting people. Unforgiveness everywhere. Now, I, I didn't watch any of it, but I heard about some of this uh, impeachment stuff. It was, from what I heard, it was just completely vicious. And it, that's in the hearts of people, that's that's worldly wisdom, guys. Right. It, it's worldly wisdom, right. but we should know better as Christians because we love reading the Word and applying it in our
0: lives. Amen.
1: Yes, amen and amen. (laughs) Look at this next scripture. Paul tells the Corinthian church to forgive. I want to let you know something right now. When you forgive somebody of something, that doesn't make it right. See, we get that all squirreled up. We think if I forgive them, then that makes them right. No, it doesn't. You forgive them so that, doesn't, that cancer doesn't eat you away.
0: Yeah,
1: right. And this is another thing. Look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, he tells them to forgive. Why? Because it's to keep Satan from getting an advantage over us. For we're not ignorant of his wiles and his intentions. Yeah. Very important. Very important. Christianity 101. Forgive. Forgive. Hey, look, some (laughs) horrendous things happens to people. But our God's greater. Amen. Our God is greater. And we just need to tap into that grace. We need to understand what he's talking about when he's talking about love. Because it's totally different from the world totally different.
0: I mean, look what that says, For we're not ignorant of Satan's wiles and intentions. Do you know, do you, we, do we mm. realize that Satan, it, it, like you said, he's the prince of the power of the air. I mean, his whole thing is, his was a desire to be worshiped. Yeah. Above God. So it's pride. His, it was his pride that was his downfall. And so he's just infiltrating the world yeah. through thoughts to take his thoughts, take his perspective. And this is what Paul was saying. Don't let him get an advantage over you thinking that you can walk in unforgiveness and have your way and think that you're not going to open the door to the devil's work in your life. Look at the living paraphrase. Says this, this is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. He says, if you're angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge, mm. don't let the sun go down with you still angry. Get over it quickly. For when you are angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. Look what those verses are clearly saying and even warning us warning, about. Warning, yes. Unforgiveness and anger, and I just look out of the world and I think the world is just like so full of unforgiveness and anger. <laughs> <laughs> is it not? That's like two of the most common reactions anymore, are the hearts of the people that we see around us. We can sort of understand why lawlessness is increasing, because this is the work and the scheming of the devil. Get your way. You don't know what they did to me. You're going to pay for this. Mm. And you go to bed thinking about it, and you get up thinking about it. And you don't realize that you're opening the door in the spirit realm yes. for the enemy to come do a work in your life, do a work in your family, split and divide. Yeah. And so have you, we have to stop and think of just have you ever considered that when you're standing with the fence in your heart, that's what you're doing. I'm right. You're wrong. And we just hold on to these things. I have every right. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Like anger is going to be something that we're going to experience. You're not going to just walk through life and never feel angry. Anger is part of our emotional makeup even yes. with the fall. But there is a way to be angry and sin not. I think that's the key. And I just think, well, there are a lot of people that are angry. If you just go read a few blog posts, just read the language in it.
1: Mm.
0: You could just feel the... There's just so much foul language in it. People are angry. They're angry, and they're sinning, and they're angry and sinning. And I I think the church has to be careful just going, well, this is just the way it is. This is is the way people respond. Not a Christ follower. Amen. Amen. I mean, just nursing your anger, going to bed in your anger is going to open the door to the devil. How many times… Throughout no. our marriage, have we we believe in that scripture. Yes, it's like I'm do. not gonna open the door and play to you. This is hard enough. I'm not gonna give the devil a foothold yes. greater in this. It's like we are gonna sit and talk and you can stay up sometimes for some hours yes. before you decide you're gonna go to sleep because you feel like, Oh, I have to get I have to get rid of this anger. I've gotta come yeah. to some kind of understanding. And
1: I'm not always the knucklehead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you mean by that? Hey, we get out of here. We gotta got talk about yeah. it. Right. <laughs> or hold hands. I mean we've learned this oh over the my. years. It's like
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: we pray we you know, we made a commitment. It's like Lord, yeah. you've headed this marriage. You want oneness, so it's like, let's hold hands and pray. Oh, God, help us. And And I didn't
1: make her hands bleed.
0: (laughs) But it takes some humility, doesn't it? To like to do that, but you're doing it before God. It's like, I'm breaking the power of the devil's scheme to want to come in here and split and divide this marriage up. So we are just going to do oneness, even if it feels like it's half-hearted. It's like there's a sincerity in my heart. God, you know that we're weak in the flesh. Yes, it's but yeah. I want oneness. And God honors that. I can tell you he honors that those kinds of efforts. As weak as they seem, yeah. he sees it, and the devil sees it, and it pushes him off.
1: Your territory. Yeah, your territory. You know, he yeah, yeah. keeps you.
0: But, but if we just insist, no, I'm not going to budge. It's all his fault, or it's all her fault, or it's all the government's fault. I mean, everybody's just... Pointing fingers and blaming. It's everybody's fault but mine. Right?
1: <laughs> and then we go back to where does it really go? Where did this all start? We go back to Adam and the original sin. Yeah. He blamed God and Eve. You know, yeah. this is it. We've got to understand. That brought in sin and death to the whole human race. Yeah. To the whole human race. And believe it or not, you have no option, but you were originally born on Team Adam. (laughs) And
0: that's doomed. Yeah.
1: That's why God is so good and merciful. He sent his son, Jesus, so we could get born again and be on Team Jesus. (laughs) Because that original sin answers a lot of questions. People aren't evolving, folks. If they claim they aren't, you know, I mean, really, with all the technological things, technological things that we've got in advancements, and, and just think, man, listen, when I grew up, there was no color TV. Now I got one in HD, and it's 65 inches. <laughs> <laughs> all that has progressed. <laughs> all of that. <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm not sure how that fit in, but I guess. (laughs) You could tell he's happy with it.
1: (laughs) With all this advancement, you know, and the way uh, we're supposed to be, according to Darwin, (laughs) the world has not got the memo, folks, that we're supposed to be advancing in
0: our. Yeah, Yeah, getting better and evolving into better and better people.
1: You know, really, the underlying problem to all of our problems is the original sin. That's the reason we have struggles. That's the reason our family has difficulties in relationship. And, And every family has that Adamic nature to deal with. Every family. Every family. This really shows and gives you the reason... Drop it down, lay it out. That's the reason for our frustrations. It really is. Hey, every institution, every institution will actually fail us. Because every institution generally is created by a sinful man. Government's going to fail us. You know, we've got to understand that they're not our savior. Come on now. You know, <laughs> history isn't evolving. None of it. We're still following the same thing. Again, yeah. husbands and wives, what did Adam do? It's that wife. You know? We are still dealing with the same issues. Yeah.
0: Because morally, morally we, we have, are not. Oh, my gosh. Moral, the moral progress is like tanking, I would say. <laughs> When you look out at the world.
1: Very tanking. We, we, our, our president is a gung-ho on abortion rights. And our, tax pay, our taxes are not just paying for abortion. And this abortion now is up into nine months. But our taxes, America, the, the money that is supposed to be in America is now being sent overseas to increase the ability for people to have an abortion. And they call it comprehensive health care. I don't want to keep going into this yeah, because we're going, to, we're going to run out of time. Because it, oh man, <laughs> we're going to run out of time. But Look at look at if the human situation has evolved. Why is there human trafficking? Why is there select sex yeah. trades? You know, pornography—a multi-billion-billion-dollar. Yeah. I think that's America's biggest export is pornography. Just having good manners is thrown out the window. Honor, respect. You don't see it anymore. And people justify it. It's, I don't think there's a time in history where people are criticizing and attacking each other like we are today. I just don't believe it. I don't, I, that never really happened when I was growing up. And here's the, here's the bottom line. Christ followers shouldn't be part of it. That's a great place to say Yeah, amen. yeah.
0: We should be shining into the problem, not a recipient and a contributor to Not it.
1: a contributor yeah. is exactly right. You know, we, are, we have a high privilege of being called Christians, being born again. We have a high privilege of being able to walk in the love that God says that is available to us. We have a high privilege of being the light to the world, presenting Jesus Christ in every situation that we are encountering. Yeah. And not allowing that to knock us off. We're like Pastor Mamie. We are supposed to shine into that situation, not bubble it up. Yeah. And so we need to catch each other. We we can't do that. You got to judge yourself here. We got to put it to a stop because who are you acting like?
0: Well, should we continue on with a couple of more verses, and I, we can explain who. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up, woman. (laughs) Because we'll get home, we'll be like, we didn't get to that verse, and that was the whole...
1: (laughs) That's what happens when you preach with me.
0: (laughs) James 3.14.
1: Oh, we better hurry.
0: Yes. Whoa, that's not fair. Life isn't fair. <laughs>
1: no. Hey, I'm going to do what Joshua did. Ask God to hold the sun still so we can finish this. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. All right. We're going to get Matt. through this because we want to just we wanna leave on a note that is, helps Brings you understand. Us. James 3.14. But if you have bitter jealousy... This is, this is James talking to the people in the church.
1: In the church. And he's
0: talking to them about what, you know, the question is, why do we have these relationship problems and fighting among us? He said, but if you have bitter jealousy, envy, contention, and we just added some things in there, what does contention mean? You're just opinionated, disagreeable, argumentative, challenging, competitive, just all the things that happen when we, mm-hmm. we want to argue, get our way. Selfish ambition. You're just driven by what you want wow. in your heart. It says there what? Don't pride yourself on it and thus be in defiance and false to the truth. Wow. What does it mean to be, like to pride yourself on it To be like, well, you know, I have, again, just every right to feel the way I feel and make I'm satisfied with the way I made my argument and so there, <laughs> idea, you know. <laughs> Whoa. It says don't be in defiance of the truth. What does that mean? hmm Well, the truth is, we're all sinners saved by the grace of God. Yes. He just talked about original sin. Mm-hmm. Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. Come on. So, you know, we're all, we were all in the same sinking boat of sin. Yeah. Every one of us needed yeah. the same great mercy of God to save us. Amen. So it's, it's not a matter of one of us being higher or lower. If we approach our situation going, all right, we're both sinners saved by grace. But if we judge ourselves better than the other in an argument, come on. You always want to come up on top, or you know, you always want to have the last word and those kinds of things. Well, I'm not as bad as you are. I'm not as bad as that person. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we think like that, we're just false to the truth. We conveniently forget. But we are a sinner just like our mate, just like the people around us. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God. All of us were in need of that same Amen. mercy and grace, just like the other person. So we don't want to be false to the truth. In other words, we want to remember these things. It yes. says, because this super, if you argue from this point and you have this attitude of jealousy and envy and all that, it says this superficial wisdom, verse 15, is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly. It's unspiritual. It's animal.
1: Yikes.
0: That word actually likens itself to like carnal, meaning like meat. I think someone once said, you know, like being meat-headed. It's like you're just.
1: (laughs) She didn't look at me. I didn't look at (laughs) you. (laughs) I'm doing good today.
0: (laughs) It's even devilish. Yeah, there we are. Look it up in the Greek. It says. If you are operating in that kind of wisdom, you're operating basically in earthly, devilish wisdom. That's kind of scary. Yeah. That's pretty solemn. And I look at the world and I think, no wonder there's just so much lawlessness out there because massive amounts of people are operating like yes. this. Yes, yes. There's no personal sense of sin and need for my own mercy and the other person to give <clears throat> mercy to them. It's just people blame shifting on one another. Verse 16 says for wherever there is dis- there jealousy or envy and contention there will also be confusion. unrest, disharmony and rebellion and all sorts of evil and all vile practices. All
1: sorts of evil.
0: Wow. So God's not the author of confusion. <laughs> if Hallelujah. We just, if we just keep that in mind, you know, when we get in our our homes, and you know, sometimes you just have you ever wondered why you get into so much strife and you, you sometimes feel like you go around and around in the same argument, there's no end to it, there's no answer to it, there's just more confusion. Well, let me hear, let me say my side again, and it's like, oh my gosh, we've been here. I'm, gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you all don't argue like that, like the way we do. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> it's because we're yielding to the wrong wisdom. Amen. It's good, we're, we're operating in the wisdom of the world and we're inviting the devil into it to just throw confusion and division into more of it. Mm-hmm. But James 17 and 18, here's gives us the, the answer. Wind. Yes, God's good, He doesn't want us to go around that merry-go-round, He wants us to have grace, amen. It says, But the wisdom from above, and that's what we want, right? Amen, is first of all pure, it's undefiled, meaning we're going to go to God. This is part of like, Jesus, we're making you head of our home. Do this together as a husband and wife. We're going to put you head of our relationship and make these commitments. You know, we're going to do it your way. We're going to not go to bed angry. We're going to fight for oneness in our marriage. So, you go for God's wisdom first, then it says that it's peace-loving and courteous. Mm. Considerate and gentle. Now, that's a challenge when you're angry right? So you have to step away. But you do, we all have Come self-control, on. the fruit of the Spirit. We, yes. we are capable of that. Again, you know, God is not the author of confusion. And so to be courteous is to be not sarcastic Come and mock, mock the other person and use foul language and do put-downs. He's the author of peace. It's willing to yield to reason God's wisdom is willing to yield to reason. So it allows for some honest discussion. Okay, yes. let's sit down and talk about this. again, Not yell about this. And you're willing to hear the other person's heart. And you're not just willing to hear, because sometimes we just hear with our physical ears, I hear what you're saying, and then you just shout back what you feel. No, you want to mm-hmm. hear what the person is yes. trying to express from their heart. Yes, There's a sincerity there. It isn't just about getting my own way and just waiting till you're silent so that I can just begin my side.
1: (laughs) Loading your guns while they're talking.
0: And it takes humility, doesn't it?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: And you have to allow God to show your own heart in it, willing to yield to reason. It's like not even just the reason of the person. It's like I'm willing to yield to your reason, Lord. Show me what my part is in this. Because in an argument, it's never a hun- rarely 100%. One person is totally wrong and the other one is totally right. And there's ownership on both sides. Amen. And that's what helps to have reconciliation. And then it says it's full of compassion. Yes. Which is mercy. You know, instead of we're just justifying ourselves, we are we're, we're have some mercy on the person. You're trying to see why mm-hmm. they feel so hurt. And you're asking God, help me to see through their eyes. And then it says it's good, and good fruits, God's wisdom is full of compassion and good fruits. In other words, it will yield something good. Amen. It's wholehearted and straightforward. Meaning if I go with this with sincerity in my heart, like I really do believe we can reconcile. I really do want to understand you. God's grace will come, come and work. God's way will work. And then the last verse, 18, and those who are peacemakers... Not peacekeeper. Not a peacekeeper. There's a difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper is just somebody who's willing to just do anything to just make it all quiet. Let's just make this all go away and smile and everything's fine. <laughs> but a peacemaker is somebody who, like you said, is yep. vulnerable. It's like we've got to talk about yep. this. Right. And then take that deep breath. It's like, God help me, help us, help us to get to the real issue. That's a peacemaker. But you are trusting in the grace and the mercy of God inside of your relationship, and that takes faith. Yes, but, it, it, but it'll bring spiritual power, and it'll work. It says, "It, it and, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace." See, you are planting seeds of real peace with a yes. person, and you will reap then a harvest of righteousness. That's what we want. Right? We want a harvest of righteousness. And of course, this works best when two people are in agreement to do this. It has to be
1: both of us. But I'll
0: tell you what, you could start with one. As long as you have one person who's asking God to do this, it can work into two. Amen. You don't have to wait to have both of you agree. You could just have one person in the relationship working at this and have something good, some some good fruit of righteousness come from it.
1: Let me close out with with this. In the last days... Jesus talked about because of lawlessness people's love will grow cold. He's talking about this kind of love. The love of God. And how does that work? Do you think the devil's just out there just to give you a bad day? Just to give you messed up? Just to make your life miserable for that day? No, he's after love. Because we read it In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love never fails. So if he can beat you in that game because your eyes are looking at all the lawlessness and you start to succumb to that, your love will grow cold. Your love will grow cold. So we must fight for this love. And I want you to understand this. John chapter 13, this is the last scripture. John, it should come up here. John 13, this is Jesus talking. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. For love for one another, again, will prove to the world.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Prove to the world. Love and unity. Christian love and unity proves to the world who Jesus is. Yes.
0: So we make a commitment, Lord. We desire to go your way. We desire, Jesus, to have your way in our homes, in our marriages, yes. in our relationships. God, as we, you know, go out into the world with our neighbors and in workplace, as schools... Lord, we want to be the people that shine your love and your understanding to be a peacemaker in the midst of a lawless world. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, for the grace. We ask you for grace. And I pray, Lord, that people would go home and if you're married, that you would think about this. To make Jesus the Lord a simple prayer in your home. Hold hands. Yes, just place Christ Jesus. We want you to be Lord over this home. And we're going to make a commitment to one another. And we're going to make a commitment to you to follow your word, to be a follower and obedient to your word. And we trust, Lord, as we do that, you're going to give us grace yes. to change, to transform our lives, to transform our marriage, transform our family, our children, our heritage. Yes. And we thank you, Father, for your power to do it. we believe by faith. In Jesus' name.
1: One last thing. This is only given to you by God himself. If you're not born again, you can't operate in this. Your will will never make it. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're ready to even experience this kind of love, I'm asking you to raise your hand so I can see it, and then we'll say a prayer. We'll say a prayer so you'll be born again. And this love, God is a miracle-working God. That love comes and drops right into your spirit. Anyone at all? Okay, that's good. I believe that all you're saved. Now, Father God, I ask you to anoint the people here to be doers of your word, that this patience and this, this love would manifest in their homes and in their lives. And they would all, both of them, be recipients of that love in Jesus' name.